All right, we did it, guys. I did my global news interview. Uh, so today uh, we're going to go through my global news interview. It's not too long. Uh, the whole story is about, it's like two minutes. Uh, so we're going to go through that. And uh, I'd like to, first of all, huge shout out to uh, Vanessa Wright with Global News. Uh, she's a journalist based here in Halifax. And I think she's done a great job at covering uh, the protests and covering the demonstrations for Palestine in Halifax. Uh, as we know, a lot of these pro-Palestine demonstrations uh, tend to be undercovered by the media, uh, noticeably at the first demonstrations. And uh, so far, with all most of the demonstrations that have happened in Halifax, uh, local news has been uh, noticeably absent. And that's not just here. That's not just a problem that happens here in Halifax. Uh, that happens all over the world. Like like I said before, November 4th was the largest mobilization in modern history for Palestinian rights, um, maybe even rivaling the 2020 protests for black lives following the murder of George Floyd. Um, but of course, you wouldn't know that because there was not a whole lot of media coverage for it. Uh, there were like 300,000 something crazy uh, protesters in D.C. on November 4th. So a huge shout out to Vanessa Wright for platforming uh, this movement that is so important right now. Uh, as you know, if you listened earlier, I was asked to interview for a story uh, by her um, before I could not due to some scheduling conflicts. Um, but they had like they had a they had one person on who went uh, to the protest, and then they had another person on uh, who was a very clear, outspoken Zionist. And I took quite a few shots at him in the last episode. I kind of dismantled a lot of the points that he made and told you why he was being disingenuous. Uh, but with this new one, uh, he's noticeably not there, which is a uh, pretty awesome. Who is there is uh, me and then one other individual that we'll get into later. Um, but yeah, there there's a uh, footage from the protest. There's a huge one that happened on uh, November 12th. And guys, this one was bigger than November 4th. And to see this movement grow is just, it's amazing. So we're going to go through uh, the clip here of this huge protest that happened in Halifax. Um, I have a lot to say. I gave a lot to say in my interview. Obviously, um, like how interviews work, they didn't use all of it. Uh, they only took probably like 30% of what I actually said in the interview, uh, which is fine. I know how TV works. So I'm going to go through uh, a lot of the points that I made and uh, just kind of expand on them because there was a lot that I said and I knew that only a portion of what I said in the interview was actually going to make it onto TV. So I just kind of want to further expand on the points that I made to Vanessa in my interview and I want to further expand on the things uh, that were said in this clip. Uh, so here you go. Here is uh, the global news story on the demonstrations for Gaza and Halifax. And uh, here's an expansion, I guess. I'm going to pause it at certain points. Here's an expansion on uh, what I said uh, in that uh, story. Thousands of people returned to the streets of Halifax on Sunday, continuing their calls for a ceasefire in Gaza. I think a lot more people themselves are starting to wake up to what is going on, the reality of the situation. And yeah, that is absolutely true. I mean, the 1967 war, if you can go back as 1948, uh, the first Intifada and the second Intifada, every single, like these huge instances of uh, Palestinian resistance to Israeli oppression, um, the largest ones before October 7th uh, happened be before a time that when social media was so widely used and when social media was really our our news. Uh, it happened before 
every single person with a cell phone camera became the news. It happened when you had to get your news from uh, only legacy news sources. So I think that's a big reason as to why people are really starting to take notice of this issue. And it's also, conversely, it's extremely scary that uh, Israel is cutting off uh, access to internet and power in Gaza because that means that they're taking away the ability of the people in Gaza to be the reporters on the ground. And of course, that opens the way for uh, Israeli occupation forces to uh, commit more and more atrocities with impunity. So in this new digital age, uh, the movement for Palestinian liberation is getting bigger. And the truth is, it's really only going to get bigger from here. And what I said uh, going past that point, um, what wasn't included, was that I think it is a signal, is, or it should at least serve as a signal to our elected representatives, that they are extremely out of touch with uh, the will of the people on this issue. For example, we know that, uh, the, of course, the conservatives aren't going to call for a ceasefire at any point. I think Justin, I think Trudeau is getting very close. Uh, he had his little Freudian slip where he almost said ceasefire. Uh, Jagmeet has called for a ceasefire. Admittedly, I will say my, I was heavily disappointed with the reaction from the NDP. Uh, they were extremely slow to act when it came to uh, defending Palestinian human rights and, you know, being what they are supposed to be is the left voice, you know, the voice that is left of even the liberals, which, in my opinion, aren't that left. But, you know, the whole idea of the NDP is to speak truth to power and be the voice for the downtrodden, you know, be the, the party of the people. And obviously, they failed in that regard. They did not reflect uh, that ethos when it came to the, to the brutal, brutal violence against Palestinians by the Israeli uh, nation-state. Yeah, a new poll from uh, Reuters. Admittedly, guys, um, moment of weakness here. I've never really known how to pronounce that. Reuters? Reuters? Either way. A uh, poll from Reuters, uh, I think, is kind of like uh, signifies this. Uh, they, a poll from Reuters shows uh, that you in the U.S., uh, public support for Israel has dropped, as well as a majority of Americans uh, back a ceasefire. It says uh, some 32% of respondents in the two-day opinion poll uh, which closed on Tuesday, says the U.S. should support Israel. Uh, when asked about the role the United States should be taking in the fighting, uh, that was down from 41%. That is a huge drop in support for Israel. And I've said it before, guys, but public opinion here in Western countries like Canada and the United States, as well as the U.K. and uh, other parts of Europe, is extremely, extremely important. Uh, because ultimately, our public opinion, at least in theory, uh, should inform our legislation should inform our elected officials. And our governments are insanely complicit in the genocide against the Palestinians, as well as the violence against the Palestinians prior to October 7th, from 1948 onward. Uh, the United States and Canada are both huge, huge uh, supporters of the Israeli state. Uh, the United States gives Israel $3.8 billion a year. It also has effectively acted as a diplomatic shield for Israel, a uh, UN resolution to declare the apartheid wall in the West Bank uh, as illegal was actually blocked uh, by the United States. So opinions in these countries, in Canada and in the United States, they really do matter. And they do have the ability 
to shape the conflict. Um, Israel can, it can simply not, it can't survive and it cannot continue uh, this brutal regime of oppression against the Palestinian people without that diplomatic support from the U.S. and from Canada, and more importantly, without that military support. And uh, notably, a report came out that uh, Canada, the government of Canada, uh, would not uh, do a criminal investigation or file any charges uh, in response to very credible accusations uh, that the IDF was recruiting in Canada, was recruiting Canadians on Canadian soil. Uh, That is a crime. That is a huge crime in Canada. So in summary, um, we've been extremely supportive and even in some places, and in a lot of places actually I would say, extremely permissive of the illegal actions of the Israeli state. And like I said, uh, these movements and these protests are only going to get bigger from here and we can really, all we can do is keep that energy, keep that pressure up and hope and pray to God, whatever you believe in really, that uh, that our elected officials will hear that and they will, they will enact the will of the people as they are supposed to. And if not, we continue to hit them where it hurts in their pockets uh, via boycotts. Just a week ago, Victoria Park was at the forefront of a pro-Palestinian demonstration, but the crowds were noticeably larger this time around. The camaraderie of standing shoulder to shoulder with people who share your values for human rights, for the, who understand the idea that every single person, regardless of their nationality, their religion, their ethnicity, uh, deserves not to live under military occupation, uh, deserves not to have their towns indiscriminately bombed. Yeah, camaraderie. I don't know if uh, any of you guys have ever been to a protest before. I'm assuming uh, a lot of you have been. But the the energy is something indescribable. To be surrounded by people who understand your values and people who have also recognized injustice in the world and have also decided to do something. It's a it's a feeling like no other. The the feeling of solidarity and. I can really only speak to that feeling from my perspective, being that I'm not Palestinian, I'm not a, I'm not an Arab, I'm not Muslim. All of my solidarity with the Palestinian people and everything that I identify with with the Palestinian people comes solely from my ethics and my stance on human rights and my decision to call out injustice uh, and recognize it wherever I see it in the world, uh, no matter the borders, no matter the politics of it. So, of course, I can imagine... Uh, that for somebody who is Palestinian and feels this in a in an infinitely different way than we do, seeing that support in your community from your community members who aren't necessarily even affected by this conflict, uh, it's got it's got to be it it's got to be great to feel that and to be out there and know that there are people who recognize what you're going through, people who. Uh, in this post 9-11 world of normalized Islamophobia, do see Palestinian people as uh, as human beings and have been able to kind of break through a lot of that psyop programming that, uh, you know, white Israelis good, uh, Arabs bad, and have recognized that these are human beings and that, you know, no matter our nationality, no matter our convictions, we need to come out and uh, and to support peace. And like I said, we need to come out and speak truth to power and tell our elected officials that we are not down with this. 
that we recognize that no matter who you are, you don't deserve, no, no human being deserves to live under an apartheid regime. No human being deserves to live under a, mili- under a military occupation from a foreign government in which they cannot vote, in which they have no representation. You know, I was talking about something like this uh, with Joanna on another episode. Uh, we were talking about posting on social media. Uh, and that a lot of the criticism of uh, being kind of like this uh, social media, social justice warrior is that, uh, you know, your Instagram story isn't going to do anything. Um, but putting that solidarity out there in the world and declaring that, you know, you recognize the fact that there is injustice happening and that uh, Palestinians are people too. That's not nothing. Like that, that message is received and that solidarity is not an immaterial thing. Uh, you can genuinely, genuinely give somebody hope with uh, what you're doing by going to the protest, by showing your support and your solidarity with the Palestinian people. He says the growing numbers show how widespread the support for residents in Gaza is becoming as they continue to face strikes by Israel Defense Forces. It's about granting Palestinians uh, human rights. It is about making sure that everybody who lives in Israel, including Israelis, uh, have equal human rights under a under a democratic state. You guys, you know I had to do it. I knew I couldn't say it explicitly, but I had to get it in there a little bit. I had to allude to it, uh, to the one-state solution at the end where I say under a, a democratic state, i.e. meaning a one-state solution, which is the which is the solution to the conflict. Don't get me wrong. It is, absolutely. And at the start of that there, I'm so appreciative of uh of vanessa there because a lot of the news when talking about palestinian people and the hardships that they're going through they will do one of two things they will say oh it's a humanitarian crisis you know you see that on the news where it's um palestinian child dies palestinian dies and they will never say uh palestinian killed or you will say um it's be or they will say it's because of hamas but this is like this is the first time, and it's not like an actual accusation of blame, but it's the first time I've really seen on, uh, on like a news source from a reporter uh, actually naming the person who is putting them into this perpetual humanitarian crisis and who is actively victimizing them. You can hear, she said, uh, airstrikes by Israeli forces. And you don't hear that a lot. You will not hear... Uh, the word Israeli used in such a negative connotation, which it absolutely should be uh, when talking about the humanitarian situation in Gaza. So that was, I thought that was so great of Vanessa to put that line in there. And uh, another little piece of uh, of praise for Vanessa here. Um, she did ask me uh, if I knew any uh, Palestinian people uh, who she could interview and speak to about the conflict, um, because she did a story earlier and uh, understandably she felt that there were a lack of uh, Palestinian voices uh, in the story. So I did put her in contact with quite a few Palestinian people here in Halifax who could uh, definitely attest to the issue. Of course, um, that is a very sensitive issue right now. So there is a very fine line um, between giving a voice and wanting to platform somebody who is genuinely affected by this, uh, by what is happening in Gaza, as well as uh, sensationalizing it and tokenizing it. So there's a very fine line there. And I think she did walk it uh, very well. I think she was uh, extremely genuine uh, in her effort to platform Palestinian voices, which I commend her for. That's great. Um, and yeah, I did reiterate to her that it is a very uh, sensitive time for Palestinian people. And they might not want to go on the news and talk about their pain. 
and the sense of unknowing, no, not knowing whether your entire family is going to die in one single day. That is unimaginable for people who are not Palestinian. Uh, and then furthermore, um, from my experience um, with Palestinian people, uh, especially here in Halifax, there is uh, an uneasiness to going on the news. There is a lot of mistrust in the media, and that's for good reason. Uh, media in the Western Hemisphere uh, in general post 9-11 has been extremely Islamophobic. And, you know, uh, Arab people going to the media do have to be extremely, extremely cautious because oftentimes the media will twist their words and they will kind of construct them as a, either a terrorist sympathizer or an anti-Semite or you know, anything, any kind of criticism that they can levy at them when that is simply not true. And there is a very recent, uh, very local case of this happening. Uh, one of the organizers, one of the founders of the Free Palestine Halifax organization, which is a great organization that you should all go follow on Instagram at Free Palestine Halifax. One of the organizers for that, uh, for that organization was actually uh, fired from her job from uh, CTV News over comments that she made that were not anti-Semitic in a way at all. She said, uh, the Jews have a right to exist, uh, but Zionism cannot, which that is absolutely true. Um, being Jewish is a protected class. I completely support Judaism. I've, it's ridiculous that I even have to say that. Uh, but Zionism is not the same thing. Zionism is a genocidal, fascist, racist uh, ideology. Zionists every single day wake up and choose this ideology. So it is it is the ideology that displaced the Palestinians that has led to the murder and the dispossession and the oppression of Palestinians uh, for 75 years. So it's completely acceptable to want to eradicate that ideology, which it absolutely should be. But anyway, um, this, this, uh, these, her words were taken out of context uh, by a Saltwire article. It was a hit piece on her, and she was fired from CTV News. And we actually did protest this outside of CTV News uh, when it happened. But that just goes to show that there is a lot of reason for uh, Palestinian people as well as Arab people uh, in uh, Western countries like Canada and the U.S. to be very, very cautious um, when going on the news. So uh, if any of my Palestinian uh, friends out there who uh, didn't, want to, didn't want to do an interview for this, uh, I totally understand that. That's a very valid concern to have. And it is 100% your right to withhold an interview to media that has been openly hostile toward you. Remind everyone why we're here today. We are here to raise our voices for the Palestinians. Our so that's about the end of uh, where I am in, in the whole story there. Uh, the rest of what you're hearing is a uh, another local uh, pro-Palestinian activist uh, who's been very vocal lately um, for over a month now, and I assume that he's been vocal long before. Um, I'm not going to name him here, and uh, I'm also not going to platform him, because while he does have some very sound uh, perspectives on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, ones that I agree with, uh, he has a lot of perspectives that I do not agree with. Um, he's a huge online presence, and uh, Aside from advocating for Palestinian human rights, which is absolutely great, um, he's also made a lot of comments that are homophobic and that are transphobic. Uh, so I've made this decision not to mention him, um, and I really I don't want to further platform him at all. So I'm not going to include uh, the next portion uh, where he speaks and they kind of interview him a little bit too. Um, you know, that's and that's just my personal decision. Um, 
and of course that's not uh that's not at all reflective of uh, all arab people or all muslims um i've i've met a lot of muslims a lot of arab people uh who have no hate in their heart for lgbtq plus people that's just one person uh, who i've decided not to platform here today all right that's gonna do it uh for this episode thank you for listening uh shout out to vanessa uh, very appreciative of uh, letting me go on global news um Really, I'm just an idiot with a microphone. I have no business being on the news talking about this issue. Uh, But I will, because it's important to advocate for the human rights of Palestinian people. Always. So I will always do that. I will always, whatever they want from me. If they want me to debate a Zionist on the news, I'll do that too. I don't care. As always, free Palestine, and have a great day.